Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, so the only thing that I know about horse riding, uh, horseback riding, is what I've seen on television. Uh, it's the same thing when it comes to my knowledge of classical music, which I've only gotten from Looney Tunes cartoons over the years as well. But, but when you want a horse to stop, you know, we, we've learned, or at least we've seen, that you pull back on the reins and, and you simply say, whoa, it causes them to stop. And, and simply it's right before um, they get to an edge of a cliff and they avert disaster at the, least, at the last possible second. See, in our reading for today, Jesus is sharing a word of caution to the religious leaders. A better word would be convicting or rebuking as their hearts had become hardened. Uh, in fact, each time that Jesus begins a new section, he see, seems to use this similar phrase of woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Meaning that their words and their actions were kind of out of alignment and, and Jesus wanted to call them to task. And you know it's significant because in essence, the entirety of the 23rd chapter of Matthew's gospel Jesus is speaking to those concerns that are weighing on his heart. And he's bringing them to their attention. And, and it's not in some nice and polite way. It's, whoa, hypocrites. And what a hard word to hear. And while we may be tempted to think, well, that was for a certain group in a certain time. And, and pastor, those words are for you because you're in a, you're in a robe. Um, no, we'd be foolish to think that these words don't speak to each and every one of our hearts. That there isn't something that we can glean, that, that we can learn. In, in fact, I've always found that no matter the comment, no matter the source that it's coming from or the heart in which it's shared, there's always something that we can glean if we're wise enough to listen. Obviously, certain voices in our lives carry a little bit more weight than others, but, but it's important to, to listen through and to sift through what somebody might be saying even if it's coming from a place of hurt or, or anger or fear or worry or projected at you in a negative way. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9 shares this. It says, give instruction to the wise and they will become wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will gain in, in learning. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20 says, listen to the advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom for the future. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 13 says, Better is a poor but wise youth than an old but foolish king who no longer takes advice. And of course, there's the adverse to all those things about receiving that, that word, receiving that piece that, to glean. And it says, one, one who is often reproved yet remains stubborn will suddenly be broken beyond healing. You see, there's something in our words, there's something in those things that people share with us that no matter where it comes from, that we can take to heart and that we can often grow from. So tonight, what we're going to be invited to do is we're going to be asking ourselves, where, where is Jesus speaking this word of woe into our lives, this word of warning? Where, where may we be heading to a spiritual cliff of sorts and, and Jesus is inviting us to say, stop. Stop before it's too late. Turn. And perhaps there's something that we're already painfully aware of. Or maybe there's something that we've become blind to. And maybe it's that second one that we're struggling with the most. So I made the mistake once. Okay, I confess, I made the mistake twice. 
uh, of trying to use one of those magnifying mirrors. You know, the ones that, that you're supposed to put makeup on and has a little light circle around it. So, some of you are like, yep, been there, done that. First of all, it messed with my eyes. I didn't know where to look and I felt like I was getting kind of nauseous and dizzy. But, but secondly, that, that light and that magnification highlighted a whole bunch of whatnot that I wasn't prepared to see that day. That, that I was unable to see, especially when I don't wear my glasses. You know what? The world looks like pristine and, and beautiful. If I don't wear my glasses, it looks smooth, right? All the blemishes, all the wrinkles, all the stress lines magically go away. But, but looking in that mirror, I was faced with something I didn't want to see. So, yes, I did it once. I did it twice, but never again. Never again. Everything was brought to light. Everything was magnified. Those things that I was unable to see or chose not to see were apparent. It kind of reminded me a little bit of that movie, The Haunted Mansion. It wasn't the last one that just came out, but the one before that. Um, and it's with Eddie Murphy, right? And he plays, of course, Jim Evers from Evers and Evers Realty. And he gets lost in this, this huge mansion. He's hand, carrying around this candelabra. And he's stuck, in, he's stuck in this room. And all of a sudden, he looks in the mirror. And, and in the instant, in the, in the blink of an eye, he turns into this zombie-looking thing with stuff peeling off his face. See, that's how I felt looking in that mirror that day. Things were brought to light that I didn't want to see. You see, Ash Wednesday, and also the season of Lent for that matter, lays bare all the stuff that we may make us feel uncomfortable the stuff that we don't want to see, those things that, that we don't want to be aware of, and, and the things that we have gotten let slide, so to speak, or maybe those things that we've even gotten used to and accustomed to over time. That's what this season does. It calls us to task, and it's a very important time. Yes, it's uncomfortable, but it's important for us to hit that spiritual reset button of sorts. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 shares this. says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from unrighteousness. But how often do we go about our day? How often do we go about our daily routine and, and we don't want to look or we don't feel like noticing? See, for the religious leaders, they allowed their hearts to become hardened over time. They were quick to judge others while, while failing to live up to their own expectations. They were quick to focus on their own self-righteousness rather than extending a word of grace to those in need. And it's amazing what we can become blind to over time. Maybe where we've become a little indifferent, self-justified, maybe fostered and nurtured a critical spirit. And maybe we need a wake-up call, not just tonight, but throughout this season to look in that mirror. You know, in our text for tonight, we have some of my most favorite phrases uh, in Scripture. Not that they're easy or comfortable, but because they seem to be real and they seem to speak into some of the struggles maybe that, that I deal with and maybe some of you might identify them with well as well, but they seem very practical. Let's take a look. Verse 23, it says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrite! For, for you tithe mint, dill, and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. It's these you ought to have practiced without neglecting the others. And notice that both are important. It's not one or the other. It's really both and. 
Jesus goes on to say, you blind guides, you strain out a net, but swallow a camel. I love the imagery of that. You see, you see, the scribes and Pharisees had gotten so focused on the details, they failed to look at the much larger picture. Basically, they were majoring in the minors. And the question is, where have we allowed ourselves to major in the minors, neglecting those things that, that will make a true kingdom impact? Not that the other stuff isn't important and that we shouldn't be concerned about those other things, but not neglecting either. Maybe we've gravitated towards those things that, that may be easier in terms of making a commitment rather than having to invest the time or energy or self-sacrifice. Or, or perhaps we become blind to our own spiritual need. Luke chapter 6 verse 39 shares this. It says, he also told them a parable. Can, can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? And where are those places that we have become blind? Maybe a certain mindset, maybe a certain view, a certain attitude. And, and it not only impacts us, but it also has the potential of impacting those closest to us. You know, I kind of like to think about these, these spiritual blind spots that, that come up in our lives in terms of, of driving our car. I mean, we understand that, that cars have blind spots from time to time. And, and maybe as we're going about our day, we've, we're failing to check that blind spot. Maybe we're just assuming that n nobody's there or, or that we're safe. Or, or maybe we, we failed to adjust our mirrors. You know, we don't want somebody else to get in the car and have to reset all this stuff, right? We, we just want everything to be set. And so, so we don't make that adjustment. Or, or we try to rely just on ourselves. But sometimes it takes somebody else to check that blind spot to make sure that you're doing okay. And so when you think about your spiritual lives and when we think about that, have we failed to check those blind spots? Have we failed to ask those around us how we're doing to keep our attitudes and actions and even our words in check? In fact, verse 19, prior to our text for today, Jesus comments just simply this. He says, how blind you are, right? How blind you are. Those places that you think you see clearly, but it's blurry. That vision isn't as clear as you think. Those interactions and reactions that you think are, are coming from a place of healing and peace are coming from a different place and, and sometimes not as healthy as we would think. In other words, what Jesus is inviting us to is to take a step back and to take stock to adjust our spiritual mirrors, so to speak, and come to grips with what's, what's really going on. Verse 25, he says again, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. And while we may not like those words, greed and self-indulgence, because we often want to sugarcoat things, right? We often want to soften it a little bit more than that because let's be honest, other words feel more comfortable. I mean, let's take, let's take this for example. When we say to somebody, oh, I messed up or, or, or oh, um, I made a poor choice when in fact, oh, I sinned. I sinned not only against you, I sinned against God. You see, those two words up there, greed and self-indulgence, really do convict us, don't they? As they speak into what's really going on in our lives, what's really our pursuits day to day, and what really is taking a priority in our lives. And maybe they speak to you right now. 
Maybe, maybe that's the check that you need. And, and maybe that's the prayer you're going to write on that card is, is, Lord, man, I'm called to task. Where I've been more greedy and self-indulgent than serving my neighbor. So I had a red and white um, Chevy Blazer, two-door, a beautiful thing. I had it in college. I had actually survived to when I got my first call uh, as a pastor, uh, and then the transmission went, uh, and so, uh, but, but still, uh, I loved that car, and all of a sudden, what happened was, is that it started to show all these rust spots. You know, you know when your car paint starts to bubble a little bit, and you know if it's not good if you poke it? kind of thing, right? And so what I did was, of course, I, I wanted to take care of my baby. And so I, 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 I ground it out. I made sure it was smooth. I, I, I primed it. I painted it. And, and while I addressed the superficial cosmetic stuff, I didn't get to the root cause. I didn't get to what was truly impacting in making those blemishes. And it kept coming back and it kept eating away at that body. And that space kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I began to see more and more of the road underneath my feet as I was driving, right? It's amazing how quickly that stuff can erode things that we don't even see. You see, this text of Jesus is challenging us to stop trying to polish the outside, but get to the heart of the issue. Get to the heart of the stuff that's causing that division between you and those closest to you or between you and God because, because you know that stuff is there. In fact, Jesus continues, he says, you blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup so the outside may become clean. In other words, take care of what's going on underneath the surface. Don't be so concerned about what's on the outside because once you take care of the stuff on the inside, all the other stuff is going to happen. Yet Jesus isn't done. He wants to make his point clear. And once again, through that familiar phrase that we've been hearing all night, woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside look beautiful. But inside they are full of bones and death and all kinds of filth. So you also on the outside look righteous to others. But inside you are full of dot, dot, dot. For the scribes and the Pharisees, right? That was hypocrisy. It was lawlessness. But I want us to reflect a little bit. What's our answer? What are we full of right now? What are those things that we're struggling with? What are those things and those mindsets we, where we falter again and again and again? Where are those things for us? What's our blind spot? What's that, that thing that's eroding us from the inside out? You see, on the outside, we may look all put together, right? But on the inside, it might be a different story. And sometimes our perception of ourselves may become a spiritual blind spot, you know. Do, do, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but think with sober judgment. Romans 12, 3, for those who are looking for a reference. 
In fact, following our reading for today, Jesus shares this in verse 29. He goes on to say, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, if we have lived in those days of our ancestors, we would have not have taken part with them in the shedding of the blood of the prophets. In essence, they were building themselves up and placed themselves on this pedestal while casting judgment on the actions of others. Well, if we would have been there, oh, we would have done this. Oh, if we would have been there, we would definitely not have done that. We wouldn't step into that. And how often we've spoken a word of condemnation about somebody else's actions or reactions or words when we have never been in a similar situation that they might find themselves in. You see, listen, it's easy to say how we would respond when looking in on something. It's another thing when we are facing that ourselves. And some of you may know the reality of that. Some of you may have been facing a hard time and you heard all these voices telling you what you should do or shouldn't do and yet you're in it. You're the one. You see, the Pharisees and scribes were were saying, you know what, if we were there, we would have acted differently. Yet would they? While we would hope that we would hold fast to our faith to our values, why we would hope that our moral compass stays on the straight and narrow. Here's the deal. We, we never know how we would do when we face those situations. And perhaps we're holding others to an unrealistic standard that we ourselves would be, never be able to live up to. So what would it mean for us to speak a word of grace for those that have dealt with a difficult decision that they never anticipated having to step into and having to decide who found themselves feeling stuck and found themselves feeling like they have no option and perhaps the only fraction of the information that they had to go on at that time to make a decision and how easy it is for us to take a step back with more information and say, well, you shoulda, coulda, right? But we never know. How are we responding to our text for tonight? Where is God calling us to task? Our ushers are going to wait upon us for our gifts and offerings tonight in just a moment. And I want to give you your spiritual practice this week. It's an important thing to do, especially during the season of Lent. And and what's wonderful about this is that you not only get a spiritual practice on, on Sundays, you now get one on Wednesdays. So there's two a week. I know that's a lot and it's a big expectation. And this one I'm going to give you tonight is huge. The first thing that I want you to do is I want you to to prepare your heart and I want you to pray before you even get into this. And I want you to ask, what word of caution do I need to hear, Lord? Open my heart to see. Okay, that's the prayer. We got to set our hearts in the right spot. Next, I want you to read Matthew chapter 23 in its entirety, okay? If you're able to, just sit down, read through it. It's one chapter of the Bible. Then reflect, what jumped out at me and why? And then apply it. What one thing can I put into practice this week to change what God has placed on my heart? Maybe it's something that you heard tonight. Maybe it's something new that we didn't even dig into in that chapter of Matthew's gospel, that 23rd chapter. You see, Jesus is inviting the religious leaders to reflect on their own hearts. And tonight we're asked to do the same. May we take a moment to ask where... Where have I become spiritually blind or like a whitewashed tomb looking good on the outside, but on the inside, not so much?
Where have we neglected the weightier matters of faith or cast burdens on others while, while offering ourselves endless grace? And where have we lost direction in following Jesus? In his name we pray. Amen.